Yeah, it'll break you. My hospitality, I've, I've been in a lot of industries, right? And I've been to 95 industries. I've been in studying industries. I've been in you know, professional. Hospitality will make or break you. It will test you. Your, it will test your mental energy, your physical energy. It will test your spiritual energy, you know. And it's one of those, it's definitely, I would say, one of the hardest industries, but it can be one of the most beautiful industries. Welcome to A Table for Two, inspiring and educational interviews and stories with the best operators, owners, and entrepreneurs in business and the hospitality industry. My name is Phil Halani, and on today's episode, we chat to Jonathan Firo, owner of Society Pizza Bar Bondi and Johnny Geo's. Jonathan started his hospitality journey in catering at the age of 23 with Society Catering. With jobs all around Australia, their mobile food business couldn't keep up with demand. Jonathan then opened Society Pizzeria on Bondi Road. It didn't take long for that shop to reach capacity, selling over a thousand pizzas a week. Another opportunity came up to open in Potts Point. With his reputation of great service and food, it was meant to be a home run. As Jonathan describes it, he was overambitious. Things didn't go to plan. But instead of feeling sorry for himself, he put himself out of the toughest situation he was in and opened another shop during the hardest period of his life. That store was his second in Bondi called Society Pizza Bar and ended up being one of his best performing stores to date. He has since opened a new concept called Johnny Geo's, a takeaway pizza restaurant that Jonathan describes as your neighborhood pizza shop. He already has two Johnny Geo locations and plans to open all around Australia and internationally once the borders open. A quick shout out to our good friends at ProCow Dairies, Sonoma Baking Co and MD Providors, who are passionate about supporting small businesses, the hospitality industry and also this podcast. I started the interview by asking Jonathan how he got his start in the industry. Mate, um, I uh, started actually sort of by accident. I, um, I was working in construction and I was quite fascinated by mobile pizzas. I had worked in hospitality sort of, you know, through uni and sort of part-time as, as you do just to make some extra cash. And um, I learned how to make pizza whilst doing that. And um, I was working for a bloke who um, did uh, mobile pizza. Uh, he had a pretty, uh, what I considered a pretty simple setup. Um, and, um, you know, I liked sort of the idea. So what I did then was whilst I was working was I said, you know what, I'll take this to the next level and, um, you know, produce what I believe was a, a better product, um, you know, in our own way, because everyone has their own way of doing things. Yeah. But also it was a bit of fun, you know, staying on the, on did, the, on the side. So before, before you started this mobile pizzas, did you have any experience in hospitality before that? Yeah, yeah, I, I, had, I had experience uh, not running a business, but I had experience uh, working in hospitality. Nice, did you, your family ever work in hospitality? Or? No, no, it was actually quite funny because everyone always uh, you know, thinks that I've come from a hospitality background, yeah. being so you know, heavily focused in the industry. But um, no, no, no one came from a hospitality background. Ever. So, My father was in construction. So you obviously followed the construction route and then you started doing the mobile pizzas and then is that where your catering business was born? Yeah, yeah, pretty much. So um, I started um, whilst I was working. I was actually a cadet. Um, I was studying engineering at the time. I was a cadet engineer and I uh, yeah, started a mobile pizza business. Literally bought a, an oven, a trailer. I had my brother-in-law sort of help out because he does marketing and created a cool brand. And that was when Society Catering was born. So you got, you got Society Catering. It's doing really well. What's, what, you know, can you tell us a little bit about, I guess, in regards, we don't need to know numbers, but like, Obviously, it went really well. What made you make the transition from society catering to 
Society Pizza, your first restaurant? Well, it was funny because I actually started, when I started a catering company, I made a promise to myself that I was always going to stay in catering and events because the whole idea was it was a mobile setup and you, 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 were, you were your own landlord, you yeah. know what I mean? So you didn't have to worry about, you know, the ongoing um, sort of, uh, let's call it a commitment um, that you have in a sort of a restaurant or a store or shop. And, um, but, you know, like anything, things evolve. And um, what I found with catering was um, as great of a business as it is, it's a very hard business to manage um, on a, from a consistency basis without actually consistently working in it all the time okay. because it's such a volatile industry and such a volatile business and every party is different. You know, I've got some crazy stories about some things that we actually experienced whilst, whilst catering. It would have been good. You would have been young and you would have enjoyed oh, it. Oh, man, it was like... <laughs> It was intense, That's but awesome. I loved intensity, so it was okay. Yeah, yeah. It was perfect for me. So, how old were you when you started the catering? That was back in 2012. So, what's that? It's taking me back now. Eight, nine. Yeah, it's nine years ago. So, I was about 23, 23 when I started. Pretty yeah. young, man. Like yeah, pretty young. People yeah. aren't starting business at 23. So, yeah, yeah. What, what was so? What so you you realized like it's you know there's a lot of ups and downs with running a catering business. Consistency's not there. Is that why you decided to okay? Hey, let's let's decide to do the, the well shop. no it actually I actually started the shop because I wanted a prep base for the catering so oh, okay. yeah it was me and my mate Louis um, we started the business together um, he's like my long time best friend LT awesome. and um, who now he works in sort of development and construction he was always in that route yeah, yeah. and uh, he actually came up to, with the, um, the first store in Bondi Road and he was like oh you know come check out this store we walked in Totally not our style of pizzeria and things like that. It had all the essentials. I thought, you know what? It's pretty cheap rent. We've got a cool room. It's got an oven. Could be could be a good base to start, you know, sort of catering. Plus, you know, if we do some pizzas as well, perfect. Mm. But mate, when we when we started, it just blew up. Wow. It was like intense. So that and that was it. That was the whole transition overnight. In catering? Did you sell catering or did you still? No, work? no, no. I had catering. I kept. I've. St- I, I've. I've kept catering, um, and we still sort of own catering. Let's call it in the family, because yeah. my head chef um, Matteo um, took over catering. Okay. He bought the business. Um, and you know the reason why he bought it was because he was the best qualified to run that business. Yeah. He had been working for me for for four years. Um, but no, we kept it because it's a great it's a great business, and not only that, but it's it's different. You know, it's a different it's a different vibe to just working in a restaurant. Mm. You're consistently, you know, seeing different people, seeing different areas. You know, we travelled all over New South Wales, Greater Sydney. That's cool. Yeah, so it was it was it was fun, and, and not only that, but we actually the good thing was the people that were working with us, the chefs. A lot of them, they you know, they work abroad, so for them, they got to see different parts of Sydney as well. That's cool. You know, so we're going up to the farms, we're going up to Waldara, we're going up, you know, Karajong, um, you know, Blue Mountains, um, down in Bathurst. So, you know... It's a bit, mate, of a bit of a working holiday for us. Mate, it was massive. That's cool, Huge. Man. Yeah, and we've seen it all. Rain, hail. That's cool. Wind, you know, extreme pizza making yeah. to the next level, you know? No, that's really cool, man. And, and that journey is really, really exciting. I want to know a little bit more about... Um, Society Pizza you said it, you opened it and it just went nuts can you tell us about that journey oh man so okay catering uh, owning a catering company and owning a, a shop or restaurant I realised overnight that it's two totally different things so restaurant catering so coming from a catering background you know what to expect in, in a way right coming from um, going into a, a restaurant or a shop it was sort of not exactly what I expected so I had a couple of the boys working for me that were friends from Italy, 
And um, when I had opened the shop, that you know, the whole plan was, you know, their friends, their pizza chefs, some chefs. We're all going to work together. It's going to be one big happy family. It's going to be amazing. Yeah. You know what I mean? So we opened the doors. You know, it's 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 quite busy first first and tense, and then every problem that you face in hospitality happened overnight. Wow. Ah, oh, so you've got you know orders not going through. You've got products are missing. You've got everyone's fighting in the kitchen. Um, you know. It was just a different level of intensity. Because we catering, catering is more, you know what you're going, you, you know you're going to serve 100 yeah. people. You know so the, the, the difficulties that you deal in catering um, are totally different difficulties that you deal with in a shop. Okay. So the good thing about catering is that you know exactly what to prep for, you know, you know, sort of from an income basis, you know how much, you know, you know how much money you're going to make, you know, um, sort of what to allow for, how many staff you need. Yeah. Versus a shop, every day can be different. So yeah. your first, as, as anyone knows, opening any type of store, your first, you know, first few months, it's 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 sort of like until you sort of establish a certain brand and a certain model, you don't really know what to expect. Mm. And this was our first of first, so we had no idea what to expect. Yeah. Um, but it was good, you know. But you know, back then I was doing everything. I was I was cooking the pizzas, I was cutting them, I was selling them, I was washing the dishes, I was doing deliveries. Wearing all the hats. Right. It was, yeah. and it was like that for a while. So it took me, yeah, it took me a while to get used to it and also to build a good staff team that, that I could, you know, see working because it's quite an intense place. Like, pizzas are labour-intensive, especially the type of pizza that we make at Society's a labour-intensive business. Yeah. So um, it's, um, it's hand-stretched. So there's a lot of different elements that go into this sort of style of, of cooking that, you know, it's not easy to find in sort of everyday chefs. Mm. So, so t- talk to us about that journey of Society. Like, when was it, like you said, you opened the doors and all these problems are happening. When was it where you felt comfortable, like, hey, I got, I got a grip of this, and, and what was it that uh, made It was all ages, like, after 12 months, because we kept growing. Yeah. See, the thing is, is that we kept hitting milestones. So when I took over a business like that, it was probably doing you know, a couple hundred pizzas a week versus, you know, we're doing a couple thousand pizzas a week at the wow. end of it. So every sort of, you know, few months, we're going 500 pizzas, 600, 700, 1,000, you know, and then... As the business is growing and as sort of the intensity is growing, you know, so, so are the issues that you're resolving. But you, you've, it's like anything, you know, and the good thing is using the knowledge that I developed from sort of, you know, having a bit more of a mechanical background, you know, every problem has a solution. And it's just about the attitude that you've got to have when, you know, those sort of little, you know, issues arrive, arise, which they will in any business. You know, it's like, what's the solution to this? How do I make this better? And you've got to continue to be better every day. And that takes, that's the, that's the process that takes a lot of time. Yeah. You know? So, so you got Society Pizza, it's pumping. What's next for you at that point? At that point there, <laughs> that's, that's sort of where things started to take a sort of pear shape because Society was going well. I had the catering company. I had the one pizzeria in Bondi Road that was doing really well. It was booming. Everyone loved it in Bondi. It was a growing brand. And um, then we sort of, well, I, I probably would say I became overambitious and we said, let's take it to the next level. And that's when we, that's when we opened Society Pizza Bar in Potts Point. It was actually Society di Catania. So it was more of a restaurant and pizza bar in um, Potts Point, which was the old Jimmy Licks. And anyone that knows the area knows us, um, would remember the setup. So that's where I say that things, you know, where I really experienced difficulty because Going into that a place like that, we weren't prepared. I wasn't prepared properly. Um, but also, you know, looking back, it wouldn't have been the, the correct move for the for the company given its resources at the time. What do you mean by that? The resources? Oh, well, like uh, you know, 
taking anything, whether it's a second shop, third shop, um, you know, a new restaurant, bigger venture, any, anything, once you go larger, you need, to be, you need to be prepared. And you need to be prepared, you know, from a financial background, you need to be prepared operationally, you need to be prepared just even from a mental background with, you know, the discipline involved in the yeah. business, marketing, everything. And probably at that stage, on the trajectory that we were on, it, I would say it was, um, it was, you know, the probably not, not, not the best move for the company at the time. But you know, hindsight's a great thing. Yeah, of course. So you know, and um, but we learned a lot. So you, you was it more the fact fact that you had this pumping pizza place in Bondi, and you thought you're just going to replicate that? Obviously, change a few things, but just replicate that. It's going to it's going to go gangbusters. Yeah. So you know, it was it was a synergy, right? So I was approached by the landlord, um, you know, who who was still you know, I would, I would consider us pretty good friends now, um, uh, and. You know, we, we, we sort of, you know, agreed that, you know, we could take it to the next level in a different venue. You know, it could have been the venue, could have been the area, could have been, you know, anything at the time. Um, but, you know, in order to sort of sustain something that big, it's got to, it's got to, it's got to be, um, you know, turning over what, what's, what's required, right? And, you know, at the time there, we just were a pumping pizza place. So... Um, that's probably the hardest part was trying to understand where we sat in, in that in that sort of bracket. You know, are we just a, a really cool pizza restaurant? Are we, a, you know, a new restaurant bar pizza concept? And we're trying to define ourselves as we're going, which you can't do. Yeah, you need to define yourself before you go into the into the venue, into yeah. the area, into everything. And you know, that's why I call it, you know, being ambitious. I was I was way over ambitious. You know, and at the time, I was doing the fit outs. I was doing the construction. I was doing everything I could do just to just to pump and push and push and push. So you know, I was obsessive. I was I was crazily obsessed with my business that it didn't matter what was coming my way. I wanted to be better and bigger yeah. and all of this type of stuff. Yeah, that, I mean, that's that's probably your biggest strength, but it could be your biggest weakness. Well, as well at the right? time, yeah, you know, like that that does become your biggest strength and your biggest weakness because you got to learn when to control that that side of you know, and that's when discipline comes in. You know? so, so talk to us about that that period of I mean was it because obviously it's closed now um, what was that period like was it busy from the start and then it died off or what well was no it wasn't that it was never busy or, or quiet it was just volatile okay. and, and it was just had massive overheads it was a huge huge venue and, 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 and the area wasn't where it needed to be and there was a lot of different factors um, but uh, it just yeah it just it wasn't it never took off where it's supposed to take yeah. off you know and not only that, but it drained a lot of energy and resources from where their business at that time should have gone. And so like, we spoke a little bit, the first time I met you, we spoke a little bit about the pressures that put on you. Can you give us an experience, like, me- I mean, hospitality mentally, we, we struggle a lot and a lot of people don't talk about it, right? Yeah, it'll break you. My hospitality, I've, I've been in a lot of industries, right? And I've been to 95 industries, I've been in studying industries, I've been in you know, professional. Hospitality will make or break you. It will test you. Your, it will test your mental energy, your physical energy. It will test your spiritual energy. You know, and it's one of those. It's definitely, I would say, one of the hardest industries, but it can be one of the most beautiful industries. So there's a certain level of intensity that comes with this industry because, you know, it's a social industry, but it's an antisocial. You know, it's an antisocial industry because so you're true. working when everybody else is enjoying themselves. Yeah, and you know that part of your lifestyle is 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 a sacrifice you know it's a massive sacrifice to be able to you know 
understand that that's where you you're, you're, that's the time that you're making your income. But at the same time, then it becomes this amazing, beautiful industry that you're making an income whilst you're enjoying yourself as well. Yeah. So you know, it's twofold. It's twofold. You know, if it goes, if it, if it can become negative, it can go really negative. If it becomes positive, it goes amazingly positive. Yeah. You know, but it, it you know, but it, but it's also you know, it's also how you you know your resilience in the business and and like I said, your development and discipline. And there's plenty of you know, there's plenty of different strategies um, yeah. that you overcome just to you know become more powerful in the industry. Um, yeah. But I would definitely say that, yeah, the, the, the toll it takes on you mentally um, and physically and, and emotionally is massive. Yeah. Emotionally as well. How'd you get yeah. through it? Oh, just, I had no choice. Yeah. Yeah, like, I literally had no choice. You know, I was in it. Um, I had, at the time, taken my sister in it. Um, you know, so there was a, a commitment that was bigger than myself. And, uh, you know, and to be honest with you, instead of sort of walking away, I just pushed harder and we opened another one. During that period? During that period, yeah. <laughs> yeah. How do you do that, man? There's well, to be honest with you, I'm, I'm you know, uh, you can consider me a bit of a, a gambling man in a way, but I believe, you know, like sometimes, you know, when, when you're down, you just got to double down and you got to push harder. And I sort of just... How, thought, how, do you, how do you do that? I'm sorry to cut you off. But how do you do that when you're going through those mental stresses? So this is how I looked at it. I took a step back for a day. And I said, let's take this, let's take this, um, this situation out of the equation. Let's look at this like, a, you know, like an engineer, all right? You've got this amazing start to a beautiful business, right? It's booming. You know? Yeah. We, know, we, know, we know that there's definitely a foundation that's going so well. Now, your trajectory in life, like any other decision, life, because I believe life is just a bunch of decisions, right? Every day is, you're making a decision. Yeah. To, you know? So this is just a decision that's led us to a certain point. Now at this point, you know, we can throw it all away. And I can say, you know, that's it, it's not worked, I don't wanna, I don't wanna know about it, you know, that's one thing. Or if this had never have happened, and I won't say had never have happened because you wanna, you wanna be able to gain the knowledge and the experience of course. from, from, the, from the, the event. But let's say that on the trajectory that this never happened, what would my next move have been? And I looked at it like that, and I said, "Okay, well then let's 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 get that move anyway, and let's try and maintain this, and let's try and work towards you know this the same trajectory that we're on without throwing in the towel." Yeah. And I did it twice, and that was probably you know a lot of people just called me an idiot, which you know probably looking back I probably was over ambitious and all of these type of things, and yeah, it's hell, it's hell for a while, but you know what we came out of it, and and the one that came up. From that is the one that's most successful. Wow! And which one's that? That's Society Pizza Bar in Bondi Beach. So you Society, the first Society Bondi Pizza was in Bondi, but yeah. you moved to a bigger site, right? So pretty much what happened was we had Society Pizza Bar in Bondi Beach. We had opened then Potts Point, which was obviously the one that struggled. We had also tried like a cafe daytime concept um, out west, which uh, sort of wasn't in the bandwidth of what we were organising, but sort of also wasn't in the, the trajectory of the business model. Mm-hmm. Um, but then Society Pizza Bar on Dai Beach was sort of the bee's knees of where we wanted to be. And when we opened both of them, uh, we had both of them doing you know, pretty well. Um, but obviously the one at Pondai Beach was the one that had a bit more of a, uh, an offering, you know, a bit more of a restaurant, a bar, cocktails and amazing Society Pizza. Yeah. And to be honest with you, you know, at that stage, once we sort of hit that mark, Victoria, who's my sister, she took over you know, that, that part of the business. And you know she made that hers, 
which I was happy with because if I had to go with anyone, I had to keep in the family. family yeah. And I focused on then, you know, the recreation of the whole pizza model, which became Johnny Geo's. So we're, which we are, where we're at now? Yeah, so I hold society dearly in my heart. I yeah. love it. It was my first it's your baby. creation business, you know, everything that, that's taught me so far, you know, where, where to be. And, you know, I wanna, I've got, still got big plans for that business, you know, one day. Um, but at the moment, it's doing its job, you know. It's feeding amazing pizza to amazing people <laughs> in Bondi. Uh, I love that. And, and everyone I've spoken to and the things I'll see online, it's all very positive. And, and so credit to you for what you've created. What, um, so can you tell us the difference between Society Pizza and Johnny Geo's and, and what you're trying to achieve with both? Yeah, well, Society Pizza is obviously Napolitano pizza. It's, um, for me, it's a pizza that, you know, it's awesome takeaway, but it's, it's the best eaten in store as anyone, any, ask any you know, Italian pizza chef that knows Napolitano pizza, they'll tell you it's from the oven into your mouth. Straight up. You know, that's, that's, how, you, that's how you get the best from it. Um, and also, you know, it's got a great vibe and family and it's a restaurant and it's where you want to come in and you want to bring the kids and you want to bring, you know, your, 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 your mother or your father or, or the family and you come in for a beautiful Sunday lunch and you're having a bit of pasta and you're having yeah. a bit of pizza and some cocktails and you've got, you know, the waiter there that you've known for a few years and it's that beautiful Italian family that's there, you know, and um, that's society. That's what society was always about. Society was just a generous offering, good Italian um, you know, all handmade, casalinga, that's done, you know, for the family. Johnny Gio's was the same Italian family creating this amazing product that could be, you know, sort of somewhat broadened into, you know, other parts of, of um, you know, the world, let's call it, of Sydney. So, you know, my goal with Johnny Gio's was to make an amazing product that I could consistently make in so many different places that also did so well for delivery and takeaway. Yeah, accessible you know, to everyone. Accessible to everybody, still keeping, you know, a beautiful Italian family vibe, you know, behind it. Not so much, I wouldn't call it so much a, uh, you know, dining experience um, because I find that, you know, it's, it's, it's more of a, you know, a fast Italian diner. Um, where you just, it's, you know what it is? It's your neighborhood Italian. Yeah. Johnny Gio's is your guy down the road, you want to go see him to just get good Italian. Yeah. And that's what it is. I'm hungry, I don't know what to eat, go see Johnny Gio's. Mm. You know? You so, got the pizza, you got the pasta, you got the meatballs, you got everything you need to make you, you know, hung, to, 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 to remove your hunger and also, you know, have a bit of a laugh in the meantime. I love that. And that is essentially for you, you want to create this, a franchise model with Johnny Gio's, right? Yeah, look, look, whether we want to call it a franchise, um, because I've, I've got to be careful when I use that word, because I don't want to deter, you know, possible master plans. Whether I want to call it a franchise or a chain or uh, multiple, you know, stores or locations, the, the end game is, yes, I, 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 am, I am creating a product and a model that, you know, keeps what I call my, uh, my standards you know, because I've got quite high standards for food and pizza and everything um, on a consistent basis that can be replicated in multiple places. And you've done, you got Johnny, you got three locations for Johnny Geo's? So at the moment we've got two locations. Two locations. We've got Bondi, Waterloo, and um, we've got two in the sort of mix that we're looking at at the moment. So how's the transition been from going from one Johnny Geo's to two in regards to keeping that standard? Have you been able to do that? Well, I've had to, I've had to be, I've had to be really what I call sort of, uh, realistic about it and that's where I've, I, I've I'm going in each venue with you know the right people yeah 
I'm, I'm not trying to I'm not trying to maintain you know total ownership of the business um, because what I really care about is maintaining uh, you know the standard of the brand. You know, I'm investing into the brand, and, and for me, the brand is the family, and I'm taking a lot of people along the journey with me. Okay. You know, we're going on the journey together, which means that you know I'm I'm always recruiting and finding the right operators to be involved. Um, you know, which one day will possibly be franchisees um, to be involved in the journey, uh, because you know my you know my mission is to create you know amazing stone baked pizza, you know, cooked on a cooked in the same method as you know a wood fired oven, you know, multiple times, and maintain a certain standard, but be on awesome pizza that you can take home and eat or get delivered. Yeah, I love that, and and. Is there is there a goal of how many shops do you want to have, or you? You're I not want to be international. international. I want to take. I want to. I want to hit the Asian market. I want to be. I want to be in um, America, and you know, sort of. I, I think that in Australia we have, we have such a high standard for hospitality, and we've also got such a high standard for labour. Um, so you know, I find that if you can if you can create a successful model in Australia, and you know that it will work international, then you should go international. Because I think the international market needs more. Yeah, man, and I think I've, I've obviously tried your pizza, so I know it's you, your pizza will be able to go anywhere in the world, and, and you'll be able to be successful. So I hold you to that. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, what's if you, what separates you from the other Italian restaurants? I mean, this, uh, Italian's probably the most popular cuisine in Australia. Italian food. What, what separates you, your, your Bondi store and Johnny Geo's, to the rest of the Italian restaurants? Look, I'd probably just say love. You know, and I wouldn't even say separates. I mean, there are so many great Italian operators, you know, in the world. Um, and there's so many great Italian restaurants in Sydney and Australia and international. And, you know, everyone's got their own story and everyone's got their own restaurant. I just think it's about, you know, where you want to go with that business. So I wouldn't say, I wouldn't necessarily say that we're better than others or, you know, we're different than others. But the level of care that goes into every store will never change. And that's what I'll make sure. That's me. You know, it's the level of care and love that goes behind, you know, everything that we do that I want to maintain that certain standard. Yeah. So, which is why we're not growing too fast. I was, that was my next question. Essentially, is, does that scare you, the fact that you're going to grow, but also you've got such a high stand when it comes to the, the caring of the product and the service and the branding and all those, all those things? Well, no, because it's, 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 a, it's, a, mixture of, it's a mixture of discipline and, and passion, you know? I don't think you can be too passionate, you can't be too obsessive, and you can't be too disciplined. You know, there has to be a great mixture. Yeah. You can't have one for the other. So, I mean, for me, it doesn't scare me because I'm not going to move faster than I can move. I've learned my lesson, you know, and that's, that's, that's what I'm saying back to knowledge and experience. Yeah. You know, you've got, to, you've got to always take the beauty out of everything. You know, a, a buyer's man once said to me, and it's a really good story that stuck with me, it was, a, it was the, um, the story of the, of the pearly white tooth. Right? And, he's, um, and he's telling about these two father and son they're on this, they're on this bus from Thailand they, they're driving past and there's this carcass on the road and it's a run over it's a run over tiger right? and as they're, as they're driving past you know, the, the, the son looks back and he goes oh dad did you see that did you see the carcass on the ground you know, did you see the, the, the tiger that was run over and the father says no he goes I didn't see that all I saw was a shiny white tooth so the whole idea is, is what do you want to take out of your experience? Mm. What is it you want to take out of it? Do you want to see the, 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 the dead carcass or do you want to see the pearly white tooth? Yeah, I love that. And that's the, only, that's the only difference between, in my book, you know, success and failure. Mm. 
And, and how much pressure do you put yourself under? Because obviously there is that, that, that high pressure, like you're growing, your, your name's on, on essentially on the Johnny Chios, right? Like if your name's on it, is that pressure, does that scare you? Uh, look, I wouldn't say it scares me, no, I thrive off it. I enjoy, I enjoy the journey, you know, I do enjoy the journey. I, um, I want to create, you know, I want to continue to create and I want to, and, and, and to be honest with you, I really push, I really push myself in the business to be better every day. You know, I do really believe that we're here to progress as humans in general and every day you need to be evolving, you know, so, and that's the same with the business. Anytime I see something that we can do better, I want to do it better. Yeah. Or anytime we can come up with something that can be better, I want to, I want to make it better. So for me, no, it doesn't, it doesn't scare me because I know that I'm going to always push to, to evolve and to, and to get better and better with the business. And I think, I think the experience you said that you had at Potts Point has taught you so much moving forward, right? Oh, 100%. Can you give us some lessons that you, you think that were really important? Well, I mean, probably the biggest lesson that I, that I would have to take from that is doesn't matter what happens, don't remove your standards. Because they're very, because they're very easy when times are tough and when things are going hard. It's very, it's a very easy um, excuse to lower your standards. Can you explain to us, like, when you what you mean by standards? Like, what standards? Are everything, how you conduct yourself, your business, you know, inside and outside your workplace, um, and you know, just even how how your you know your business is being run. So, I mean, it's it's for me, it's like we make do with the toughest situations. But there's always, always, we live in a country, we live in a free country. There's always an option. Don't forget there is always an option. Yeah. Okay? Some of the most successful people in the world, the majority of the successful people in the world have all had failures. It's massive true. failures. Right? And, you know, don't you leave that in your head when you're going through something because you don't want to set yourself up for failure either. But you've got to keep that a part of, of what you're doing because you've got to understand that with everything that you're doing, there's an option to there's an option to still progress forward. You know, and don't feel sorry for yourself. Yeah, that was one thing I learned. Don't feel sorry for yourself. It's hard though when you're going through those those tough times, right? Oh, yeah, it's definitely it's definitely not easy. It's like excruciating. Mm-hmm. But you know, you just understand that there's there's brighter days and better things will come from it. And understand as well. I look, I look at my life a bit like a movie. I said, you know, it's just another scene in the movie. You know, what's what's going to happen next? How's yeah. this going to affect the next next scene? You know, so just take a sort of a step back and you know, architect the situation a bit better and understand that you know, well, we're going to you get through it and um, what can you learn from it and how can you make it better? But you know, one thing is, don't change your standards. Yeah, Keep maintain that. maintain you know what your integrity. You know, that's that's probably the the, the best lesson. Don't make excuses. And that's the thing, and, and the fact that you were looking at other stores while you were going through that, that down period is, shows that, that resilience in you, right? Yeah, well, I mean, it could show resilience or just, you know, stupidity. <laughs> <laughs> well, you've come out the other side yeah. a lot stronger, so. But yeah, no, definitely. Can you, um, yeah. can, can you talk to us a little bit, um, you know, everyone listening, essentially, most of the people listening are in the industry and, you know, they're always battling to get food costs at a certain point, wage costs at a third, certain point. What are you doing to get, like, is it, you know, are you sitting at 30 Look, to be honest with you, I, I look at it like this. I, I was so pedantic about our bottom line 
in every business that we had. You know, I was so pedantic about being better and and, and, and cutting here and fixing that and this and that. And 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 so you should. You know, a lot of a lot of one-off businesses are. It's so important. Yeah. You know, every every inch is what makes up that that mile. You know, every inch is what makes up that that profit that that bottom line. Yeah. You know, in any business, not just hospitality, right? So that that's a huge importance in terms of that, but that can also drive you crazy, and it can also take the passion and the love out of what you're doing. Yeah. Right. So yes, you've got to have, you've got to wait up. You've got to have one's got to be, you know, you're passionate. You know, you you love your brand, you love your business, you want it to succeed, and the other one has to have be commercial and has to go. You know, I've got to make money, and it's got to I've got to be able to pay my bills, and you know, that's why a lot of people go under. Where I'm at now has has evolved. It's changed, you know, because obviously I was so concerned of that, and I and I worked, you know, quite hard through COVID and, and all of that. But now, my main priority, my main, you know, if I say, you know, the biggest priority for me is making sure that this brand is awesome, and making sure the people that work for us, you know, work with us, you know, that they're awesome, and that they're loved. That's number one, because, you know, that. And then eventually that's going to evolve and evolve and evolve. Obviously maintaining you know, a certain commercial standard, that's going to evolve and that's what's going to make, make this business even more amazing. Yeah. Because we're only in the seed right now. You know what I mean? We're at this little seed that you know, you're watering and you're growing. You've got to love your business and you've got to give it everything and you've got to, you've got to continue to, to make sure that it is loved. And then that's going to, eventually it's going to grow. So what I focus on now is, yeah, I do, I do have standards in terms of percentages for, you know, our cost of goods, our wages and that. But, you know, you ask any hospitality operator, he's gonna, you're going to ask him, what's your most volatile part of the business? He's going to say staff. Yeah. Everyone knows it. Of course. Especially now where we're at, you know, with everything. Staff. It's 100. It's always going to be the issue, staff. And, you know, that's, that's, that's fine. You know why that's fine? Because you're investing in people. Yeah. At least it's not going to something that, you know, it's not bringing back to the economy. It's true. You know, you're investing in people. You're investing in someone else's life. Yeah. You know, so you're, 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 you're helping better someone else's life. So for me, as much as that becomes an expense, I don't just look at it as an expense. I look at it as, you know, an opportunity, mm. you know, as part of that business. And obviously it has to grow and expand into a certain level where it's going to then be profitable and it will and all of that. But at the same time, you know, you're, you're teaching and mentoring and, and yeah. you're growing, you know. I, I tell even the guys that work with us now, we've got some amazing chefs, like really good chefs, pizza chefs, dedicated. Some of them love the business as much as I do. And, you know, I see the opportunity in them and I say, you know, don't don't even think for one second that, you know, one of these can't, can't be yours one day or you can't have the help to have your own one day. You know, you you want these, you want everybody, everybody needs opportunity. Yeah. I don't believe anyone should go to work clock in, clock out. You know, for a period of time, of course, that's fine. Everyone does it, right? But it doesn't matter where you are, you need opportunity. So whether it's you're, you're learning from the business that you're working in, whether it is you're learning from, um, you know, from, from the people around you, whether you're making connections, whether you're making more money, whether it's, you know, financial opportunity, whether it's, um, you know, time opportunity, so, you know, works with your lifestyle so you can learn other things, or whether it's like you're growing with the company, there always has to be opportunity. And, you know, I had this exact same conversation with my sister yesterday. It's like the people that work work for us, like the people that are in the business, right, they all need opportunity because no one should be able, everyone should be able to see a future in front of them, you know, because that's what drives you every day to be better. It's what drives you every day to, to, to grow, you know what I mean, to what, what should get you up in the morning. Opportunity. So, so creating this opportunity for people obviously gets them invested in the business. What, what other things do you do for the culture to create a great culture in your business? 
oh, look, we, we have probably not as many as we should be, which we are about to sort of start back up, but we have plenty of sort of activities that we, we, we run together. So, I mean, we've got like this cool um, activity book for the first of March. Escape room. Oh, so yeah. For example, escape yeah, room. Escape yeah, room. Yeah. Yeah. So, sorry, I had a mental blank for a second. Right. So, you know, we're organising to take all the staff out there, um, have a good bonding time, and, um, you know, just a chance for, for everybody to sort of mingle and sort of, you know, enjoy some energy together outside of the, outside of the, outside of the business. Yeah. Um, you know, same thing with sports, activities, outings, anything we can to. You know, we, we've always been a tight attendant. Back in the day, society was always known for its Christmas parties. Oh, yeah? Yeah, we always had some amazing... Some stories? Yeah, we always had some amazing <laughs> end-of-year parties, but that, that, that was awesome. Yeah. And we never skimped, yeah. you know? Like, we always, we always loved to have the whole, the whole family together. Yeah, it's great. Because that's where you are at the end of the day. You're one big family. And that's, and that's the mentality you try to grow. As you, does it get harder as you grow and people leave? And, you, you, know, you, you know, you think of this big family, but then people, you think they're the best and they leave tomorrow. Does that make well, it? That's, that's unfortunately, that's, that's the game. You know, that's, that's what we're in. So yeah. you find good people, you try and hold on to them. You try and, you know, you try and keep them uh, as close as you can. But at the end of the day, everyone's in charge. We live in a free country. Everyone's in charge of their own life. So you've got to understand that that's what happens. And you've got to take the best with the worst as well. You got a great outlook on that, man, and I love, I love, I'm loving this podcast. What, um, how did you cope during during um, COVID? Like, what what thing? How did you cope personally? And what what were some of the things you did to keep your business afloat? Well, we thrived through COVID. Really? Yeah, through COVID was COVID was a blessing for me. It was a blessing because you know pizza sales went up. Um, yeah, pizza sales went up. Uh, you know, our awareness because everybody started using more external delivery. So Johnny Geo's really boomed through COVID. We gained a big customer base and we maintain them because we, you know, care and love our product so much. So we all we ensure that we keep every customer that comes. Yeah. Um, so for us, you know, yes, it was difficult in a sense for suppliers, um, orders, uh, organizing things, uh, dining. Uh, society suffered a bit from dining. Um, you know, and I, my heart goes out to a lot of restaurants and businesses that have gone under because of COVID. You know, um, but I mean, like I said before, it's like you've got to. You, that's the situation that you're in and you've either got to do something that's going to make it awesome or you know you've got to make a decision for, for what you can do in that in that period of time but um yeah we you know the only time i suffered during COVID was you know sort of not being able to actually move around as much as i like to but apart from that you yeah. know it's it, you know it was all work for me at that time anyway so your, your Johnny Geo model essentially takeaway. So so Bondi Road is predominantly takeaway and delivery. Okay. It's a very small shop. Waterloo we do a bit more of a dining. So it's a, or a very casual order at the counter. Take a seat. We're not a restaurant. You know, you come in, you order, you sit down, you can sit wherever you like. It's a casual setup. You can enjoy, have a laugh, eat. But you know, it's not a sort of you know, it's not it's not a place we're going to go for a dining experience. Yeah. Um, and as they sort of evolve, like a place that we're looking at now, it's going to continue to evolve on that diner concept. So somewhere where you can get really affordable, great food, have a great, awesome vibe, um, you know, drinks, but, you know, you don't have to feel like it's, it's somewhere where you have to sort of get too um, ready for. Yeah, know, yeah. You know, more casual, casual. casual. It's yeah. neighbourhood, neighbourhood, casual Italian, you know, done well. And a lot of the recipes are, you know, recipes that I've got down from, you know, the, the grandparents and the family in Sicily and Abruzzi and, and all of that, and we put it all together and, and I continue to explore different recipes and things that I like to bring to the table for, for other people to enjoy. But, you know, we, we stick by the discipline, which is it's easy Italian, easy, accessible Italian, Yeah. you know? So it's, 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 not, it's not where I would, you know, try and um, experiment with things that, that don't, you know, don't need to be on that menu. 
How, how much of your inspiration comes from, like you said, the grandparents kind of the food? Oh, they all eat. of it. Yeah. Some of my, I was I was very fortunate um, when I was younger that you know with my father and mum we, we used to travel a lot to, to Italy. Um, and to be honest with you, I haven't been back for so long, which I'm dying to go um, and get sort of some some more inspiration. But luckily we have the internet, you know, I could just jump on. Um, no, so you know, and and we used to go and spend you know, hours upon hours on in the, in, in the water, and we used to, uh, my grandmother used to make different dishes, and father and mom and everyone everyone in the family cooked. That's beautiful, you know. So yeah, there's plenty of plenty of recipes that you know sort of get passed down, just memories, yeah. the smell, you know, that's all you need. I love that, man. And, and does it um, is that what constantly inspires you to keep doing what you're doing? Yeah. Look, what what I love is I love seeing other people enjoy. That's my biggest, that, that, that's my mission. My yeah. mission is to, to allow others to enjoy, you know, to allow others to enjoy the quality of the product yeah. and to enjoy the quality of everything that comes out. You know, we don't want to just be a mass-produced pizza chain. We want to be an artisan, you know, amazing, you know, almost like there's, a, it feels like there's one store, but there's, a, you know, a thousand, you know what I mean? Because every, every one of them have soul and yeah. love and care and that culture is never going to die and the same thing with the food the food the food will speak for itself yeah always what what scares you about that growth about having because the idea of having a na- your neighborhood pizza joint is such a great idea and, and if you can execute it at the quality that you do here you, it's going to be a success but what scares you the most about that well staff staff is the biggest one for me my biggest fear is staff and um you know i don't even like to call it fear we'll call it an obstacle um staff for me just ensuring that we find the right people that are, you know, and it doesn't have to be necessarily the people that have the right skills, just the people that are, have the will to learn, you know. And everyone now, you know, has so much option. So there are so many options yeah. you know, at the moment in, in hospitality in, in, in Australia. So finding good staff can quite, you know, come you know, quite hard. But yeah, that, that would probably be the only thing. You know, the only sort of obstacle in the way is finding the right people to take on the journey with us. Yeah. And um, how do you see, obviously, takeaways still thriving through COVID? I mean, we're, we're kind of out of COVID, but we're still kind of in the mix there. But how do you see the future in a year's time, hospitality after COVID? Oh, uh, look, I, th- I don't think it's going to change too much. I mean, you know, I think the only thing that's sort of going to be probably you know a bigger impact might be the fact of the signing in um you know some more of the digital you know menus and ordering and things like that but you know everybody's going to revert back to going out and socializing and and, and you know inevitably that that that's where it'll end you know like you can't change that you can't you can't take that away from people you know i don't think i don't think that I don't think that restaurants will. I don't think restaurants will change. Yeah. Do you think that? You know, obviously, there's a lot of businesses that have closed during COVID. I mean, we don't like. I've said this previously. We don't want to benefit off people's downfalls. But do you think there's going to be opportunities for you to open more stores because you'll be able to take over leases? And Look, I've been I've been approached by so many different you know places that are that have gone under or that aren't working, that aren't you know that aren't that aren't operational. I mean, I guess you wouldn't you wouldn't call it somebody else's demise because I mean if anyone wants to be successful and they really want it they'll be successful you know and that, that's that's coming from my own experience right you know it's just like it's just timing you know it might be the time in someone's life you know like I had a I had a meeting yesterday with another gentleman that's in hospitality and he's, he's opened a few you know big venues you know we had the exact same discussion he's almost 60 and he's like he's closed his place and he's like 
you know, I don't have the energy to that that's required to put in this place to keep it open, to, to keep it vibrant, to you know, and that that's how it is. So, you know, it's it's just I find it's just timing, timing in people's life. Yeah, you know, it's timing because you know, for somebody else, it might not be the right time for you. It might be the right time. You know, so for me, you know, yeah, there are definitely there's definitely a lot of great deals at the moment to get it, but I mean that's probably minute to the big picture yeah. you know what I mean it's probably not, not not the part that's you know crucial you know to the big picture so for me whether or not it's an extra it's, it's always an additional sort of it's an additive to, to what we're doing but you know we don't want to stay you don't want to turn off your core, core path because one thing I did learn as well was opportunity is great but you've got to also know when to say no to an opportunity why? well because sometimes those opportunities take you off the path you're supposed to be on so, so that, that's a really good point. That, that, that path you're on, if this great opportunity comes along, how do you know to say no to it? Is it just well, tunnel vision? I, I, don't, I don't have that answer because unfortunately I'm still <laughs> learning. It's true. Yeah, yeah, like yeah. I really am because I get thrown a lot of things every day and I start, and you know, and one thing I, I struggle with are options. I struggle, I struggle dramatically with options. When I'm given too many options, I, I go crazy. You know, I find out like when I have one way and I, could, and I have to make it work, um, you know, sometimes it's the easiest position to be in because you don't have a choice. Yeah. So for me, you know, I struggle when I have too many options. And that's the part like really like right now, that's probably the part that I'm, I'm working with the most because I do have options and especially with the business and, you know, how, how I look at is this a right option or a wrong option. And sometimes you sort of find yourself not even making a decision because you don't know. But at the end of the day, you sort of just come up with a formula let's call it because I always like to revert back to almost like an engineering background yeah. behind it I'm very mathematical and I like to create a formula about okay we have to get to a you know we have to get to, to Z so you know if X and Y is this how are we going to get to Z so we've got to work out what's the best way to, to come up with a, a formula that works to you know um, be able to, to go through that and then you know at the end of the day, like anyone in hospital or any business, you get a gut feeling, right? Yeah. It feels good or it doesn't feel good. It's that gut feeling. Yeah, and yeah. sleep on it. Always sleep on it. <laughs> because one day it's the best idea in the world and the next mm. day you not. Yeah. So, yeah. So there's a, few, there's a mixture. What, what, what are you but I'm definitely a lot more cautious. Yeah. A lot more cautious. Is that because you're getting a bit older and you obviously want different things? Like, you know, the 25-year-old Johnny probably, you know, obviously was single and focused on working hard and, and just wanted... And now you're obviously in a, in a relationship and you want to kind of have more of a balance is that why yeah I guess a balance and also because you know you sort of get to a point in your life and you know I still consider myself very young I'm only 31 but you know you get to a point in your life where it's like you know you're always dreaming you're going to make it you know you're dreaming big you're dreaming big you're dreaming big but you know eventually it's like dreams are just dreams so you've got to start to actually start hitting goals you yeah. know and what are your milestones and every time you've got a milestone and a goal and you know you get a bit cautious because you don't want to get you don't want to go off that that trajectory towards that milestone. You know going backwards can can be scary. But I mean that's 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 our business, right? So you know we ride the risk. And um, for me, it's like well, uh, yeah, you know, yes, my lifestyle has changed, but it's also it's mainly from experience, from yeah. from from going through such a tough tough period and understanding that you know things don't have to be that hard because it was always hard like in the sense from from a perspective of how how I started to build and you know so for me it's like it doesn't have to be that hard you just got to take a breath and find a smarter option or find a better route you know and you know for for anyone opening a business you know you've really got to make your money on the way in 
you know, I don't like to talk about money and finances and these type of conversations that much because I feel like it deters from the passion of the business. But it's a big side of the business. You've got to follow. You've got to really know how to. You've really got to know how to make your money on the way in yeah. on any deal. All right, that's a difference between making, you know, fifty thousand versus a hundred. You know, you've really got to. You've got to understand how to make. How to negotiate and make your money in the way in. You've got to really know how. You know, do you mean by like leasing and things leases like that? Leases and you know suppliers and everything, right? So do you have someone that you you talk to, like when you're doing a lease? Do you have a, a lawyer there, or is it you kind of just learn from? No, from I, I've been through the ring so yeah. many times with it. Yeah. You know, like I was going back and forth. You know, and it was a yeah, you know, and it's an ugly time. But you know, you learn, and, and and that's the resilience that you build. And to be honest with you, I'm thankful for it because it was at such a young age that I developed, you know, this, this, you know, capacity to understand um, things that are so much, you know, bigger and above the business, yeah. you know what I mean? So for me, and don't get me wrong, I don't have, you know, like there's so much that I'm still learning with, with sort of, you know, from a commercial perspective um, and, you know, I always go to the right professionals for that advice. But at the same time, you need to sort of understand, you know, where you stand and, you know, you've got to be, you've got to be strong enough to, to sort of make make it work in every aspect of the business and you know that that happens on the way in as well what what um you spoke a little bit about the you know advice of, of making that money coming in what advice would you give to someone other than what we just spoke about now that wanted to open their own venue it doesn't matter what what if it's restaurant cafe what advice would you give them um i would say work if you haven't worked in the business before work in the business yeah you know i had a guy that came into business with me um it was a friend of mine you know, he had no idea what he was getting himself into until he started actually getting into it. And, you know, some people that can work because some people have that and some people don't. So I would say before you even think about it, make sure you have the right experience because it's totally different to what everybody expects. You know, going and eating at a cafe and owning your own and working at one is two totally different things. Yeah. It's not what you see. Everyone, everyone sees the outside. It's not the people smiling and the good food. It's like, how's that made and the consistency and doing it every single day and clocking and clocking yeah. out and the staff issues and all of these type of things. So, yeah, no, get the experience first. Make sure that you actually understand what you're getting yourself into. Yeah. Um, you know, make a deal that you probably won't have a life for a very short amount of time. It's true, very true. Um, but, no, but in saying that, like, you know, and... Um, just really, you know, make take time to make a decision. But don't be scared either because if it works and, 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 and you know, there's no reason why it shouldn't work if, if the formula is right, then, you know, it's it's an amazing business. You know, it's an awesome business. Where, like, like times like this, like how we met, we yeah. met, we met through, you know, coming into the venue and, you know, you meet amazing people. Conversation. And, and you're, you're having conversations and you're meeting and, you know, people are enjoying the, people are enjoying the, the venue and, you know, there's so many different things. So, like, there is a big part of that business that comes as well, you know. And if you're a social person and you enjoy seeing other people, like, that was a big thing for me when I was in the restaurant. You know, I really enjoyed making people, you know, entertaining people and making them happy and, yeah. and, and having them have a good time. And it's like coming into my house. So, for me, that's a big part of the business. You need to have that. If you're, if you're, in, the, if you're in the venue-based business and you're physically going to be there and you You've got to really love to be around people. Yeah, I love that, man. And talking about people, you've got this great outlook and the way you, you, you deal with things. Obviously, the experience at Potts Point and other, other businesses would have, would have got you to this point, but has there been any mentors that have been in your life that have helped you get through the tough times or, or even helping you now? 
Yeah, look, I um, I, f- I often question myself on mentors because you know I, I so I said I, I like to research a lot of successful people in, in different industries, not just hospitality, and I always find that a lot of them had you know these good mentors. I never found myself with one single mentor or somebody that I found a lot of guidance. I just find snippets from different people and different you know wisdom from people I meet, um, and for me it's like. Not, definitely not one single person. Um, I just gather, I gather a lot from a lot of people around me and, and sometimes younger even, you know. Just depends on where they're at in their, in their life. Um, you know, and, and also, you know, it depends on what aspect of, of business and personal that you're trying to gain or, or your, 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 your learning. So for me, something, so a commercial aspect, for example, is when I went through that Potts Point issue. Um, you know, a lot of that came from dealing with the landlord. You know, he was such a tough guy to deal with. You know, and but I respect him for it in a way as well. If yeah. that makes sense. Yeah, of course. Because you know, like there's a level of respect in business that you have to have, right? Yeah. And you know, I would consider that a certain mentorship. You know, my brother-in-law, same thing from a marketing perspective. Um, you know, my father. You know, from his, his strong work ethic. So there are definitely, you know, plenty of, of mentors in my life, but I take different aspects from each because, you know, that's just who I am. Different industries, different people, different but you're industry. still you're still taking bits from pieces. I love that. And and what's what's one thing you want people to say about your venue after they've visited? One thing that I want them to say. At least one thing. Oh, they fucking love the pizza. <laughs> that's it's it. all about the pizza. It's all about the pizza. <laughs> I love the pizza. I can vouch for the pizza, brother. The it's pizza, the, the music. The pizza, the music, and the ambience. That's for me is everything. It's just the vibe. That's cool. And the architecture. I like. I want them to enjoy the fit out. I want them to enjoy the the feeling that they get when they walk in. Mm. For me, soul is everything. Yeah. You know, you can walk into a place and you can feel it, or you don't feel it. You know. So, and that's a combination of, you know, temperature, lighting, uh, music, food, smell, all of it. But there's that that soul of a business that I want. I want to always maintain. That's number one. Yeah. Soul. And, and you spoke a little bit about, you know, you want Johnny GS to go international. Other than Johnny GS, what's next for you? Do you have other things in the pipeline that you Look, can Look, I, I, I can get easily distracted. <laughs> it was always my problem. Um, I'm very like, oh. So for me, I, I, at this stage, I don't have anything in the pipeline um, from a hospitality perspective. Um, I do enjoy building and construction. So that's something that, you know, sort of I'm working on in the background. Um, but in terms of growing a brand in a business, no, Johnny Gio's is, is my focus. It's priority. Yeah. I love that. And um, so the final question, oh no, before I have a final question, is there anything, you know, that you think I've missed that you want to add that could add value to this podcast for people that are in the industry or, you know, just a question that you think maybe I should have asked? I'd probably say that um, the biggest sort of question that people have to ask themselves if they're in the industry is, you know, what, why am I doing this? And be able to answer that question. Because I used to find myself after so many busy nights getting home and, you know, good nights, bad nights, everything. And I was so full of energy and revved up and then I would be, you know, I wouldn't be able to sleep. Or, and I saw how it affected my lifestyle. So you just got to really understand why am I doing this? You know, what's my end game? So, you know, I would definitely say be able to um, establish, you know, an answer to what your end game, what, what, what is your end game? Yeah. You know, where do you want to go with this, you know? Do I want to work for five years really hard and sell my business? Do I want to grow a chain? Do I want to just be that happy guy that wakes up every morning, that loves his cafe, loves his customer, knows she likes her latte like this, now he likes his croissant? Yeah. And that's fine. Yeah. There's nothing wrong with that. Everyone's got their own opinion in hospitality. 
right? So like some people are restaurateurs. They love going to their restaurant every day, seeing their customers, uh, you know, allowing them to enjoy their, their menu. But establish your end game. Yeah. Because it's one of those businesses that you can easily wake up in the morning one day and go, what am I doing? Well, why am yeah. I doing this? Well, why am I, why am I always stressed? Why am I always feel like this? Well, why? You know, even if you're making money, it just that's that's what you get with it. So just establish your end game. Asking, and asking the question of why. I love that. Ask your question of why. Yeah. Exactly. So the final question, um, one of my favorite podcasts, How I Built This, he always asks, his final question is, how much of your success do you put to luck and how much to hard work? Oh, man. 90% hard work. Yeah. Honestly. The, the, probably the, the most luck I've had has been in the last year. Through, through your hard work there, right? Yeah, through hard work. <laughs> but, but it's probably been through, yeah, but, but honestly, like, look, put it this way. I consider us lucky being, being, being Australian. Yeah. Seriously. Like, being in Sydney, Australia, that's luck for me. That's, that's luck because I often, often wonder that there's so many people in this world that are they're born into such you know less fortunate situations and less fortunate you know so we we have doesn't matter what's happened we have the road in front of us yeah so if you've got a will to work and you've got the will to create you can create non-stop so for me i would consider that the biggest biggest luck is where we are but then in saying that from that from using that as a base the rest is hard work the rest is hard work so if you've got it, so so in other words, if you've got the will to sort of create and grow and, and all of that, then you have what you need in front of you. Yeah. Mate, great answer. That's a great answer. Um, Donnie, thank you again. Thanks for your time. And, and obviously we got, we're working on some, some, some stuff together. Yeah, some exciting stuff. Um, so it's pretty exciting. So people stay tuned for that. But um, thank you for your time. And, your, and, you know, I consider you one of my mentors now. So I really appreciate it, brother. Thank you very much. Cheers, man. man. Thank Cheers. you.